Let's go back to Yayesh. We have uh, a lot we didn't say yet on Yehoyada and his role, which Mitzvah Shem will get back to. I just want to read a few more psukim and uh, go through the Messias Sharm, which touches upon the theme that is going to uh, go sour at the moment. Right now, everything is wonderful. We took care of Asalia. She's eliminated. The coup was successful. The country is now from. They got rid of the Avodah They have the Melech, the sole surviving member of Malchus Beis David, seven years old. He's the new king. And the Pasuk is going to say he's going to start off doing a wonderful job. Perigid Beis, Pasuk Aleph. Let's just start again to get our bearings. Ben Sheva Shonem Yahayesh Bemalchoi. Often they add a hey when it's the reference to the Hashivas. Again, Paragid Beis, Pasig Aleph. Bishna Shevaliel, Malch Yahayesh. To add to the silver lining over here, this is the first time in a long time there were two kings, one in Yisrael, one in Yehuda. They were both from. They're both doing the right thing at the same time. Can you imagine what simcha there was in Klai Yisrael? No war, and they're eradicating over the Zara on both fronts. Also quite astounding. Aren't too many kings that reigned for 40 years. David Amalek was one of them. So he was able, despite what will go wrong, he was able to hold on to the Mluk for 40 years. The only problem is gamar, but uh, right now we have good news, so we won't poison the atmosphere yet with the bad news. The shame imo tzivia mi shava. Hashem kol yamav. Can't get a better askama than that. The only problem is the next four words. Kol yamav. Kol yamav sounds like his whole life, and then the pasuk modifies it. Asher haro yehoyada hakayin. As long as his rebbe, mentor, stepfather, savior, protector was around, everything was gavaldic. He asked all his shaylas, got hadracha. He actually had somebody who was able to tell him that he was wrong and he had to listen. That's pretty important for life. Every good king that succeeded had that. David HaMelech had with Nasan and and the only mile over there was that David HaMelech finished his life as a tzaddik and uh, Nasan was there all the way through. And Yayush is not going to have that. And Rashi says in Gimel, then started the slippery slope, as we mentioned a few weeks back. The Sari Yehuda over here, my conjecture, is that these were people left over from the old regime, from Asalia. We eliminated Asalia and most of the uh, people who were higher up, who were overtly dangerous. Then they had the, uh, again, my conjecture, the young whippersnappers who uh, were almost going to be in power or planning on getting into power with the evil regime, and now there was no evil regime. So what did they do? So they were out of job for quite a while as uh, Yahayosh had his Rebbe, Yahayada, still alive. Now he's no longer there. They immediately seized upon the opportunity and started the process of ingratiating themselves with power via flattery, severe, extreme, ridiculous forms of flattery, but it's going to work. And they're going to convince him that he's a god and he has supernatural uh, superpowers, and it's, this is the part we didn't get to, it's going to get far worse than that. 
Sounds like it can't get worse. Convince somebody they're a god and they start believing you. But because of that, they're going to convince him that he should reject the hadracha of his Rebbe and his father and go off the derech. Now, these people showed up at the first cabinet meeting. I am convinced that the first time they said, Your Highness, you're a god, he almost had them all executed. Are you crazy? Don't say that ever again. That's ridiculous. I've never heard such an insane statement. And he was probably visibly angry because he was normal then. And he was normal throughout. The problem is it's a normal human frailty. And they had a plan. And they're going to say this every day. If you say the same lie every single day, and people start believing you. Ask the Palestinians. They're very good at it. Just keep saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. So the first time, he probably screamed at them and yelled at them. And the second time, he yelled at them and didn't scream as long. And the third time, he just uh, looked at them like they were strange. And the fourth and the fifth time, he said, you know, Taka. No, he wasn't alive. That's the problem. This started. Uh, I'm going to show you. We're going to be in this for a few weeks because you have to see how this happened. This is dangerous. It can happen in any regime, and it happens in most. And per Adrasha yesterday, um, it's important that uh, a leader surround themselves with intelligent, stable people who don't just say yes to everything. Uh, we're discussing it, and this, this is a tremendous mindset. Then the leader can actually grow and gain and uh, accomplish from the uh, positive advice and po- positive inertia. Um, we were uh, discussing Yaakov in the car last night, uh, say this delicately because we're back on the uh, video on the radio, but uh, the good news is is that with intelligent people, uh, including the president-elect, intelligent, uh, certainly no one's going to take that away, and uh, if you get, use your intellect to listen to other people as well, and you're willing to listen, which hopefully he will be, then you can come to a common ground where sometimes you're right and sometimes you're wrong, and when you're wrong, you listen to good advice. And uh, part of that is learning uh, to understand who wants to get under your skin to be able to exert power uh, through flattery, that's the main, uh, the main trick, and they don't mean it for your good, and they don't mean it for the country's good. And that could happen to anybody, and unfortunately, even a tzaddik like Yoyesh, right? As a tzaddik, it's going to happen. And that doesn't mean it happened the first time, the fourth time. It slowly seeps in. And what they said, you could almost read it uh, and be there and listen and hear the logic of it. Let's read the Rashi again. First, they came to bow down. Nothing wrong with that. It's supposed to bow down to a king. Then they made him into a god. If you go into the Kaddish once a year, the Kain Gadol went with trepidation. Everybody's worried he's going to come out alive. We have a wonderful piet on Yom Kippur. We're all singing in the middle of Yom Kippur. So how happy they were the Kain got out alive. Kabaldik. That was once a year for a few minutes. You were there six years. So he was above the Kaddish Hashem, but he was close enough. It should have been dangerous. He did it for six years, not stop six years. Six years when he was a baby. So you say, well, baby, Hashem's not going to exert me this uh, adin. Still, if the makam kedusha is that you can't, they were, they were bringing supplies in there, food, he was eating there, they bring diapers in there. He's a baby. And he survived. Must be, they claimed. The sad part of this is, not only did they convince him, they probably convinced themselves also. 
that's the, that's the dangerous part of this all. Oz, Shama Melech Alayim, and then it's going to happen slowly. We still have some good things he's going to accomplish in this parish. But the seeds of disaster are already planted, and we will get to... This sounds frightening enough. When we start the discussion on psychologically what was going on over here, a lot of people want to listen to flattery. It doesn't need much explanation. Schmack. Covered. Why not? The step two is very unclear. He's a god. He's great. He's superhuman. Okay. What does that have to do with going off the dirt? So you'll be a god. So, yeah. so you say there's no room for two gods. So why don't he accept that he's almost like a god? He's, well, a son of God is not going to work very well. That's been done before. Uh, that's, uh, but... You know, so say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm as great as they come, superhuman. Uh, he could have uh, one notch down that he could have been a Balgaiva. So what triggered that he has to reject everything you other taught him? Throwing that question out, that's a very important question with a very shocking answer. Uh, we're not going to get to it this week. Uh, but first you have to talk about the, the direct problem of the flattery, which the Messias Hashem will talk about. Um... As a matter of fact, let's see the Messias Hashem first, and then if we have time, we'll continue with the Pesukim. Otherwise, we'll uh, we'll continue next week. So my my guess is that they were waiting to get back into power. These were bad people. So where'd they come from? It must have been part of uh, her camp, and probably younger at the time, and they didn't get executed because they weren't high enough, but they were leftovers. You had young, uh, I don't want to compare them to uh, neo-Nazis, or the, but they had uh, many uh, Hitler youth. Uh, they didn't get uh, Nuremberg, didn't touch them. Uh, 17, 18, 20 years old, and they, they got a few of the big ones, and that was it. So what happened to all these people? They changed their days? Sometimes, yeah. Often, not. So, Bahavdul, I'm sure they had some redeeming qualities. They we're not talking about a Malik over here, but uh, they were bidding their time, and they couldn't really pull this off when your Yoda was alive. I will have a raya soon that even when your yoda was alive, they started working on him because uh, something's going to happen that displays, uh, displays extreme uh, chutzpah. The half uh, of the king in the direction of, of his rebbe and father, uh, super father, stepfather. Uh, so I, I have uh, an inkling that it started beforehand, but my shipping's down that they went all out after the other wasn't there anymore because they had nothing was holding them back. So, uh, so we'll get to that. Uh, let's first see the Messias Hashem. You have the copy in front of you. Does anybody not have a copy? Let's go from over here in the front. The Messias Hashem over here is talking about the parish of Gimel, Darke, Kenias, Ha'anava. How to acquire Anava, the importance of it, and how to stay away from Gaiva. It's a big subject. I want to focus on two paragraphs. In the first column, Oid Masidi Anava, Lishabris, the person who loses the Sanivas and isn't trying to acquire it and constantly raise the bar will ultimately fall into a trap of people who are machnifim. Hanufa is a very... We don't look at this as from the big Averis of Hamur. See, flatter somebody. So flattery here, a little bit here and there is not so bad. When you have an agenda and you're doing it to be able to exert influence, still not that bad if the influence you want to exert is positive. It's bad and becomes destructive when you want to take over and you have a horrible plan. Yes? Yes, so it's talking about, that's not talking about Hanifa when you 
have somebody you want to get close with. He's a good guy. You're a good guy. He's a good guy. You want to close to him, so you want to compliment him, so he'll pay attention to you. That's fine. Maybe even encourage him. And if over here is when you have a Russia who's being machnev, somebody else who's weak because he wants to do very, very evil things with it. Yes? Of course, that's right. we're gonna. That's the problem. Because once somebody's mocking you and you're macabulous, then whatever he says goes. Which is uh, uh, what most people. You read all these books, which you shouldn't. I haven't either, but I heard about them. About how to go up the corporate ladder and how to succeed in life, how to get people on your side. Basically, the whole book, all 400 pages, is all about Hanifa. It's how to get in good with the people you want to uh, exert power over so they pay attention. So that's not always an evil agenda. Uh, you have to be nice, you have to be smart, and um, we're going to discuss this in the Fukuseum Shir, but holiday time is coming up and they have office parties. So in New York, Rosh Hashem, they're more generic, and they're not called Xmas parties, they call it holiday parties, and they have a uh, Menorah and a Hanukkah bush and all sorts of things all together, and they try to be uh, egalitarian. It's still bad, and there's drinking going on, there's tarubas. So, Misa, can you go? So I tell people, if you can't get out of it, you got to go pump some hands. So go there, pump the right hands, make sure they're the right gender, and, um, and then get out as soon as you can. So why are you doing that? It's called Hanifa. Because if you don't go, they're going to take exception to it, because these people have huge egos, and they're going to say, where were you? Why do they need you to pump their hands? They don't need it, but they need it because they didn't become CEO for nothing. They pumped everybody else's hand. So, are you allowed to do that? The answer is, well, as long as you don't have a, uh, an agenda in the company that's going to involve illegal things and, um, and all sorts of other errors, then that's okay. Uh, you try to be uh, as... Uh, being disingenuous is not a good need in general. So you try to stay away from as much as possible. Lamaisa. Is it mutter, flattery in the general sense, is it mutter to compliment the boss if you can't stand him? What happened to the Varshek Echecha? What happened to Hanifa? So I have a lot of coolers. I got a lot of these business shilas. I, I can't tell somebody, no, you should tell the boss what you think every morning. That's great. It's gonna, really going to keep your job. Like He's going to look for a job not every Sunday morning, every morning. So that's not the minig, and I don't believe it's a violation of if he knows and you know that you don't like him. <laughs> he knows that also, but you gotta play the party line and you gotta say nice things. Now, if you really don't like him, don't say the things that you dafka don't like. Try to pick something generic that is good, like um, very interesting tie you got there. So that's called Dakar Shalom. This is Machayus Shaman Hill with the Shaman Hill with the Kalana of the Chasuda. We Paskal like this. You say Kalana of the Chasuda whether she is or not. It's Khanifa. And he says, no, it's not. That's normal. It's called Dakar Shalom. So as long as it's not a, uh, some nefarious Machshav uh, over here, like these young advisors, then you're okay and Kachua Mini. Just don't overdo it. That's always a, uh, at, at, at the office place. It's dangerous because sometimes people end up doing things, staying at parties a little too long and doing things in the office because of the Hanifa agenda because they want to get ahead and they really get involved in Isurim and that's a, that's a problem. And the, you know, the shaking hands sugi is a big sugi. As a matter of fact, the Yaakov, I told you, would come in handy. I didn't know, no pun intended. Uh, Yaakov mentioned to me on the way home, we, uh, we go to uh, say it together, uh, to the Shia. So, 
he said that uh, he has used this. He said you, you personally have used this in business. It was a sticky situation when the uh, young lady uh, sticks out her hand when he meets you, which happens all the time. And uh, whether there's any room to make, it definitely should be avoided at all costs. And often, if you have a good line and you can explain yourself well, it is avoidable. So Yaakov said he had used the line from Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, which I, I thought was a, a very uh, sharp line. I knew she was sharp, but this is really uh, it's a classic. When the 400 Rabbanon, the famous march in Washington during the Holocaust, where they tried to get uh, FDR's attention to bomb the train that tracks that went to Auschwitz, just one sort of just straight over there, they were flying every hour on the hour in the area. All the great travesties of FDR and the State Department. Uh, they knew exactly what was going on. They had pictures, they had photos, and they weren't interested. Just weren't interested. Morgenthau, to his great credit, as assimilated as he was, but he, he stood up for being a year when, at the end of the war, was able to do something, and uh, Truman did something because my grandfather finally got in. And if you don't know that story, look in the book in the back. Uh, there was something done at the end, whatever they could do. Uh, they got the, the fact that they got the Truman, but that was, that was the end. They saved thousands of lives, but they knew a lot earlier. And the March on Washington uh, was, what year was that? 44, okay, so this is the end of 44, but they, they knew earlier, and they knew they knew. Everybody, everybody knew what everybody knew, and they just tried to they push them to do something. So 400 rabbis, are very famous pictures, 400 Hoshev, Rabbanim, and uh, whatever, Shishivas were there, they had a march, and uh, they came, and FDR refused to see them, and he basically told anybody else in power that they should be refusing to see them, and he allowed them to see the Aishas Chayot which is a way of saying, basically, uh, you know, it's not because he held the Yishto Kabuto. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like, it's not like he said, see her, and whatever she tells me, I'll do. It's not, uh... Anyway, they came in, and she was trying to be cordial. She stuck out her hand. And the rabbi in the front, I don't know who he was, you'll find out, Mamish Agurus Anefesh, here you are. This is America in the 1940s. It's not like you have a lot of people behind you who are going to be machmer on this. And... Um, He's with the first lady. This is the first shot they got. I would have thought maybe you just uh Dakashalm over here. They're here for Sakanastafashis. You don't want to turn her off. Gurus Anefesh. On the spot, um, he explained to her, I'm sorry, we're Orthodox rabbis, we don't shake hands with women. And she said, uh, without batting an eyelash, she said, I wish my husband had the same minig. <laughs> So, um, do you ever need that line? <laughs> uh, well, the reason we were discussing that last night, how do I say this delicately, is because uh, more so within certain political parties than others, uh, there's a longer list of people who... There's uh, uh, no good way to say this. A uh, long list of people who didn't have the best shalom bias. Is that a nice way to say it? Um, most of them happen to be Democrats, but Republicans are not uh, above this necessarily. But we were discussing what's going on with somebody who happened to have lost recently and uh, somebody who was in the White House, um, who was later, unfortunately, uh, the country, uh, perhaps, maybe, assassinated in the 1960s and probably many in between. And he was, Yaakov to me that FDR had the same issue. I said, how do you know? He said, Eleanor told me. Directly, but that's a good raya. She makes that comment. Uh, think about it, that means there was a problem. Where did that come from? That comes from absolute power. And no president had absolute power like FDR. 
just do whatever you want. That's sick and it's a problem. But uh, it was very inspiring because uh, you immediately want to flatter. Okay, you didn't see FDR, but you see, you see the first lady. So then, just whatever she does, just cooperate. Don't start explaining to her why you're not shaking her hand. Uh, unbelievable story. And uh, she agreed. She said, "I think it would be a better world, and I'd have a better marriage if my husband knew that." She probably asked him to show in Ebenezer where that says. Uh, so she could point it out. But. Um, that's the problem. The flattery is a very difficult balancing act between the office and the uh, people who are doing the wrong things and you don't want to start up. And uh, as we said many times in this uh, shir and in shul, people don't want to get involved in giving musr and tachacha because you might not have friends, you might lose your friends. That comes from the same meat the flattery comes. You want to be on everybody's good side. So if things are not getting done well or things are being done wrong and nobody says anything, then that's, that's not a very uh, positive outcome. So let's uh, begin the Messias of Sharm. Mavsidi Anava, who has Chabus or Ishtamesh, Bivne Adam, Chanef, Mashel, Lignov, Libo, Bechan, Nufosam. Trying to steal his heart. Laman, Hitav, Lahem, in order to get things. Get things from them, get ahead, get their positive nod. Yishabchu, Vyiramamu, they'll be Meshabeachim. Bahagdil, Mashiach, Bahamin, Amalas, Alatachlis. Sometimes they'll take a midah he does have that's decent and make it like he's Hashem's gift to humanity. They'll exaggerate. And other times they'll just make up things that don't exist. And he knows it, they know it, but he'll accept it. And he'll like it. Was it Peladik that Yayash lived in the Kaddish Dutch for six years? Absolutely. Does it show a special Siatashmaya? Absolutely. Does it mean that he deserves the credit or he's a godlike, a superhuman? Absolutely not. That part was uh, severely exaggerated and made up. The famim shemasha yeshboy who are hepoch mimash mishapten son. Sometimes exaggerated, made up, and sometimes the exact opposite of what he stands for. And the people being machnif couldn't care less, and he enjoys it. Inei seisayv das adam kala v'tivo chalosh u'mispata benakol. And people are weak. So the first time you say it, they'll say, "I cut it out." The second time, he said, ah, you don't mean that. The third time, it's like, really? And then it'll get worse from there. Kosher came a dover, she love and Certainly, people are weak. They can convince them anything in general. Certainly something he wants, like COVID. Okay, Bishamos Advarma, Eila, Yetzin, and P. Shu, And he has one of his advisors, one of his friends telling him this. He thinks he's a friend. He's a real friend. He's telling the truth. He thinks he's a friend and he's going to trust him. He's going to enter a system like poison and slowly spread. It's going to fall into the net of Gaiva and from there it's all over. And the classic example, unfortunately, in Tanakh is our parish. Remember, Yayash is not going to go down in history as one of the worst kings. He did a lot of good and he was very good for the first 20, 30 years or so. He reigned for 40 years. The end was a disaster in terms of what he could have accomplished and uh, the amount he went off, which we'll get to in due time. He did everything right as long as his Rebbe was alive. Top line. Oz Shama Hamelachalayim, and then ultimately he was convinced. 
He says, you look at the world, you look at politics. Most of the people in power, from the king down to the dukes, or anybody, CEOs, anybody who has power, you whatever level they are, they'll ultimately, most often, do the wrong thing because of the people telling them advice that's not good for them or for the operation. Okay, Misha, ain't a People have eyes in front of their head. Everybody, you just have to open them. The trick in life is as you're making the selection, this couldn't be more apropos to what's going on for the next 50 days in America. The trick is at the beginning when you make your selection, in sourcing, pinpointing, and selecting the advisors and friends, you better put them through a very, very, very rigorous process, not only in terms of their intelligence and their expertise, but in terms of the fact that they have good midas and they're real, and they're brave enough to tell you what really has to be said, which is extremely difficult, because they're human and they also want to get ahead. So he says you have to be careful and uh, don't pick yes men. You should select your friends more carefully than you select your food. Worst case scenario, if the sushi is a little bit old, so you'll get an upset stomach, uh, you won't die. And if it's damaging to the goof, it's only the goof. Your friends and your advisors, those who you appoint under you, at the end, they will destroy your neshama, your wealth, your power, and all your covet will go. Not only won't you get the covet you're looking for, it'll end up being a huge bizillion. David Amalek, Allah, Shalom, Aymer, Haylech, Baderech, Tamim, Hu, Yeshar, Saini. A person is a Tamim, a person is a Tadik, he's the one who will be selected to be my Misharis, nobody else. It's hard to get um, a good gabai. No, Gechazi, Alicia. Alicia. Alicia was the God Ladar. Gechazi was a powerful person, both in his intellect and in his shifas and in his potential. And he blew it. And he, uh, he hid things from Alicia. The only problem he had is he can't hide things from another because he's easy to doing our video. But he tried. And it's hard to get good help. What? Right, right, coming up. And he didn't, if you, we learned that being, if you remember, uh, he destroyed himself. He didn't destroy Elisha, but he certainly caused a massive chil Hashem. So it did take away from Elisha's Habatzah Torah, Tamidim weren't coming in because of him. He sat outside. So the amount Elisha could do was uh, certainly diminished because of Gehazi's Yetzirah. La'yeshe be'kerev be'si a'isra'amiyah don't associate people who are dishonest. And dishonesty over here is dishonesty in the relationship of not telling you what you need to hear. The friends and the advisors are here to set him straight on what he's blind to. Give him the proper talchach in the proper way. If they're really a true friend, they will therefore save him and guide him in the proper derech. Person, it's hard to see. He has his own nagiyas. Their objective view, hopefully, if they're objective, will see it and warn him. And he'll be able to 
save himself and probably the entire country. This is unfortunately the backdrop of what's going to happen to Yayesh slowly. Again, the good news is it's not going to happen just yet. He's going to do a big tikkun on the base of Mikdash, but we'll get to that next week. Let's go to the Peliyads. Left off, page Kuf Zion in the second half of the Sefer. <coughs> Talking about the Melamed Schus on people, the tremendous, tremendous uh, Rashim that it makes in Shemayim of Chas Shalom person is not Melamed Schus, he's Melamed Chayva, even when he's right on the issue. We just finished speaking about telling it like it is and telling the leader when he's wrong or telling the friend when he's wrong. That's when you're giving practical aids to somebody one-on-one or one-on-a-hundred. But to say something that's stam, not direct, direct Musr and the Malamed category on Klai Yisrael on one year or on many years is a very dangerous proposition. He's going to bring a very famous example the, we saw yesterday the example he gave. Even Yeshaya Novi was uh, punished when he said that uh, he's b'seich am tamesvasayim. He was correct. People were doing bad things. But he's talking to Kosh Baruch Hu. Baruch doesn't need to hear that. He knows it. When you're talking to the people. Tell them that they're doing bad things. That's the purpose of a Navi. And Moshe Rabbeinu himself, when he said heim lo yaminu li, was punished immediately with saras. The same, uh, same issue. Paragraph number two. Remember the famous mice in the Gemara? He used to dig wells. He was a big tzaddik, and he used to work hard to make sure water was available for people traveling. And the eight days before Howard Johnson's 7-Eleven, uh, you were traveling, and uh, there were no, no coffee, no soft drinks, and often no wells. Why would somebody dig a well in the middle of the highway if he doesn't live there? It's hard work digging a well and keeping it up. And he did just that, just to be able to help the Hachadrochim. And one day, Leilena, his daughter, fell into a well, which was always uh, not that infrequent because uh, I'm trying to draw water from a well. What's mentioned here? I did it once in my life. I once denied to Israel. We were being taken around by a tour guide. We found a well. And thinking back, it was a pretty ridiculous uh, conversation. We asked the tour guide, who was an Israeli-American, he said, uh, here's the well. I think we will buy uh, Shmuel Navi's uh, Navi's annual. Shmuel Aleph, Shmuel Bey's. We don't know which one it was. but uh, And there was a well there. And I remember we asked him, uh, a well, does it work? He thought we were out of, like real city boys. He says, does it work? He says, it's a well. You want to know if it has, still has water? So he said, yeah, it happens to still have water. So we're all standing there. He says, well, how do we get it out? <laughs> Never had the pleasure. So he said, there's a bucket you got to lower it, and there's a crank, and he showed us how to do it. Uh, I'm still aching from that experience. I never managed to draw water from a well. What am I said? We were there for like 45 minutes. And uh, with all the effort we had, uh, there wasn't too much water in the bucket, and the amount that was in there made it very heavy. 
Notice the draw, well, it's, uh, it's not so posh. I, I fully appreciate Rashi's going to point out in the coming parishes how when Sadiqin came to the well, the water came up. That's Gavaldic, that's not a small nace. I will tell you, because you've got to get it the hard way, it's an avoida. So um, you have a situation where somebody's leaning over the well and trying to, and they send sometimes children out to get it. I can imagine Loyalain or Rahman somebody tipping over. So she fell in, and there's no ladders inside. And it's a dangerous proposition in the fall, and if you survive, uh, how do you get him out? So the Gemara Zamaisa, where his own daughter fell in, and um, they came to Esau Khalim and the Davin, and he said, Don't worry, she's getting out, it's taken care of. And miraculously, she got out. They asked her what happened. She says, I was there, there's all sorts of tunnels underneath. I was there, there was an old man with a long uh, white beard, and he led me out, and uh, she was saved uh, by the Ovis Organization, and uh, she had schusim. So the question is, how did Rauchanim ben Dersen know? So they came back to him and said, Rebbe, you're a miracle worker. Which maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, but he was an honor also. And he said, no, I'm not a Navi, a Ben Navi, and uh, they asked him how he knew. I'm just very nervous, because chances are, statistically, she would not be coming out of their life. And he said, no, it was a simple swarm. Again, he said, I knew she'd get out because her father spent his life being Mason Nefesh to dig wells that people should enjoy. So she in their own backyard is going to fall into a well and she's going to die. Hashem would never allow that. So the kasha everybody asks is the next line. When he, when Rechini Medesa said that comment, Shitaka got out. Take of also Menabar. Ubenoi meis betzama. And the Gemara goes on to say, Alpha Pekain, his own son, got lost somewhere. Again, no way you can get a drink. And he died of thirst. So what happened? It's the same water, water. So one chilik they make is one's actual well, one he just died of thirst. The Mukabalam is quoting, quote, that the story happened later. Either Rechini Medesa wasn't alive or they didn't go to him. And nobody actually said the words, Efshur, that the man is Mason Efesh to give water to Klai Yisrael. His children should be hurt by lack of water. Nobody said the words. So they didn't say the words. It didn't make the Reisham and Shemayim. So the Limeschus has to be spelled out. And nobody spelled it out. So they weren't Zecheh. It took a nace either way. And they weren't the first nace happened. The second nace didn't. He was talking a desert somewhere. Obviously, he was traveling somewhere. So you have a nace. A well is going to appear. They weren't Zecheh the nace because nobody's Limeschus. So that's the power of the actual Deber, and unfortunately, on the flip side, Leilenu, Ben Latay Ben Lamutov, if a person says something damaging, even if it's true, uh, it can uh, do tremendous damage from the Rosham and Shemayim. Another example Hashem was saying over Torah from all the Tanayim, Levad Mirameir. Rameir, who was the biggest Tana, the Gemara Nairvin says that uh, we don't pass on like our mayor only because most of the Tanam didn't even understand what he was saying. That's how head and shoulders above everybody he was. And Tara's love Hashem, I mean, you go by Rav. Everybody was holding, but so Rabbi Yudha, I mean, you pass on Rabbi Yudha. I once mentioned the pass on our only when he talks about Gzairus, because when it comes to Gzairus Chazal, he could see what the eventual result might be. Even if we don't understand what he's getting at, we should pass on like him because that's what Gzairus. So he passed on like our mayor, Gzairus of. But otherwise, we don't. So our mayor was our mayor, and he's not being quoted in Shemayim. Why not? Fishalama, Terim Acher, who is still learning from Acher, Elisha ben Avliya's Rebbe, after he went off the derech, 
And in Shemayim they had Tainus. Ashabar replani v'limelov schos v'amar alav. And then when it was found out, they tainted on Rameir's behalf that he's correct. Amar alav rimon matza toicha achal. He has a right to do it. He's big enough to learn by Elisha ben Avuya, even now when he could be a very, very horrible influence. He is taking the good. He's still learning Torah with him. Lamdan Elisha ben Avuya still was from the G'deli Lamdanim. So he took the fruit and he's throwing away the pits. Now, just for halacha l'maysa, we don't pass like this for one of two reasons, or both. Some pests can say we don't pass like a mayor, period. It's also to learn unless the Rebbe's Kamal Hashem's focus, or as close as you can get. We're afraid of the influence. No one's exempted. It's a low plug. And we didn't pass the Hamer, but that just proves his point. Somebody set out that that's why he's doing it. So not for Lima they started saying over Torah from Hamer, even if we don't pass it like it down here. Others say, we would in theory pass like Hamer, but everybody else is doing it because nobody's not a madrega of Hamer to be able to take the fruit and throw away the pit because we're not Hamer. You have to be in a madrega for that. So Allah you can't do it. So you can't read things that are written by Apicorison because who knows what's in there. You can't learn from them. You can't listen to them. Rameir either did it because he held me Paskin, you can, or he did it anyway, even though we Paskin, you can't, but he did it and he held you can, so therefore it's not a Tainan. Lamaisa, even if we agreed with him, for our Darius, it can't be done. The Limaschus, take of Amakash Baruch Alacha Mishmaim, started saying over Tyre in his name. Va'aznenu Shamanu, tells over a fascinating Maisa. Shebezman Shmad, he was a Sfardi Rav, you recall, he lived in Europe. This story sounds like a European pogrom. I don't know, maybe they had this, the Sfardim also? He lived in Italy. Right, but he also, is it only in Italy or something? Why? Yeah, in Bulgaria. Uh, that's more, uh, so he was, he was uh, he says himself, he was among Ashkenazim. So he tells our following Maisa, it sounds like during a crusade or Shmad or something like that, Chalmaniki. Um, Aznenu Shamanu, Shabazman Shmad, Shiyukamana Fashas Mi Yisrael, Yetzin Larek, Aladush Hashem. It caught many Yidin, they were taking them out to be executed for not accepting the uh, incorrect faith. Yatsa Isha Achas the Krasam, and there was a firm lady there who saw them being let out, and she said out loud, like almost Lush and Tila, for Shamayim to hear, Amari Benish Shalelam, Yafa Yadata, attention, the Tila wasn't saved then. It was uh, an exclamation of Limitzchus. Hashem Yafa Yadata Masha Bacharta. Hashem, you pick good, Really, you knew who you were getting this quality. Who else but the Yidden would have such mysterious nefesh? The Gila Magid Echad, we don't know who this is. Shatekev Api Dibura Nisbatla Hagzeira Kahena Rabbis. And those people say the Gzeira is battle just from her. So this is all famous, the name of Rav Levi Yitzchak. He was uh, very famous for this. He always, he's been Malam But it's not just Rav Levi Yitzchak. It's a, it's a Chayv Kaddush because it can help a lot of people out. Uh, famous mice, he had many, many mice. But uh, uh, he once was with, a, with one of his, uh, I guess, uh, Gabarm or, or another Tamachacham. Uh, he's going in the way and he saw a Yid changing the tire of a carriage uh, with his tulin on he used to wear tefillin a lot longer than we did, and he was wearing his tefillin. Rather, that was his relatively recent vintage. Those times already, they didn't wear the tefillin all day, but this year he was wearing his tefillin. Perhaps he's diving shachras on the way, and the, and the wheel broke. Um, this, I can't tell you I've ever had the pleasure of doing this. I did draw water from a well once. I never changed a tire on a carriage. 
I can imagine it's a lot more difficult than just jacking up the car and um, putting on a new tire. You take out the tire from the back, you jack up the car, or you call Haverim, uh, they make it look easy. You can't jack up a carriage. First of all, they didn't have jacks, and it probably wouldn't work. It's an avoida, and it's greasy, and it's grimy, and it's muddy. Anyway, he was changing the tire in his twillin. And the person with the Levi Yitzchak was very upset. Ah, he's changing a tire, it's twillin, a bizayin, a twillin. And Levi Yitzchak, without missing a beat, said, ah, mi kamchi Yisrael. Even when they change tires, they think of a Kosh Baruch Hu. So halach you probably should take off your twillin before you change your tires. But it's a positive way of looking at things. And on that positive note, we'll continue next week.